Hello, welcome to a new episode of A Grand Reflection. This episode is another Comet Trail episode. Um, today is the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and I thought it would be good to kind of dive into that a bit and see what we can pull out, see um, if we can see it from a new perspective. Uh, I think, honestly, 20 years is a good amount of time to do that. Um, it gives us the benefit of retrospective for us to see the ways that it's affected our lives uh, in the long term. Uh, it gives us a way to um, see see what sort of things we were right about, what sort of things we were wrong about, and um, sort of maybe course correct uh, to a certain degree. So. Yeah, so that's that's the idea today. Uh, it's probably going to be a bit shorter of an episode, but I had a lot of things going through my mind. I saw a few early, uh, you know, never forget memorial posts, and um, this was late last night. I, I think probably because people posted it at midnight, you know, and then on the East Coast, it kind of uh, came through at about 10 o'clock for me. But... Um, yeah, it really just got me thinking about stuff, especially that whole never forget thing. I think that that's what spurred on this whole thing. So I, I just want to dive straight into it. Um, never forget, that's something that we've said pretty close from the beginning. Uh, a, a phrase that we sort of latched onto for this uh, collective trauma that we've all experienced as a nation and, and even as a world uh, but it's always vaguely defined. That's that's the weird thing, right? Is like never forget. Okay, yeah, but what what part of it am I supposed to remember? You know, am I supposed to remember uh, the lives that were lost? Am I supposed to remember uh, the civilians or the the firefighters and the EMS that that bravely tried to help? Am I supposed to remember the uh, people who fought back in the plane and stopped one from hitting the White House? Um, Am I supposed to remember the terrorists themselves? Remember how their ways are not like ours, that they are our enemy? You know, am I supposed to remember how precious life is? How uh, quick it can be gone? Um, I don't know. I think all these things are true and none of these things are true, right? When we say that, it's, it's that and more. And... It's an interesting thing to think about. You know, when I think about the 3,000 deaths, uh, you know, give or take, you can you can look at the exact numbers. I'm rounding. But 3,000 deaths that, that happened at the World Trade Centers, you know, um, people die all the time. So, so there is kind of this question of like, well, well why are those 3,000 deaths uh, more important? I mean, after all, we are in the middle of a pandemic, and every single day now at this point, actually the, the timing is kind of weird, but we're back up to the point where we're essentially having a new 9-11 every single day as far as deaths are concerned when it comes to COVID. So um, I think when we're saying never forget, we're not exactly saying never forget the people that died. Um, there's something more important about these specific people. And we're not even saying, because remember the heroism, right? Uh, there, there's something else there too, because 
Right now, we have uh, EMS putting their lives on the line, um, risking infection uh, because they want to help people. And right now, we also have a ton of fires going on and firefighters risking their lives because they want to help people. But those sort of heroics don't quite make the news in the same way. So it's not quite that either. Um, so never forget, you know, are, are we talking about um, the ways in which our institutions were threatened, the, the ways in which our way of life was threatened? Um, because if that's the case, then I, I think we need to define what, what our way of life really is, right? You know, um, you could say, I think, um, in some ways, that the way of life is stemming from uh, a Christian background, uh, from a, a biblical worldview. But honestly, none of the sacred institutions were, were brought down, right, in, in that sense. Uh, you know, it wasn't a bunch of churches that were uh, blown up. It was a World Trade Center. Uh, so that speaks something interesting. You know, if we're going that route of never forget, uh, never forget what we really are about, um, then we have to reckon with the fact that what we seem to be really about, what seemed to really hit hard about the World Trade Center specifically, uh, is commerce, is money. And the fact that we got afraid, especially not in a way that we did before, because there were terrorist attacks before, and they didn't hit us the same way. Um, of course, this is on a bigger scale, so there is something to be said there. It's, it's something that hasn't occurred since and, and hadn't occurred up until that time. Like th This was a lot of deaths, and I don't want to discount that. Um, there is something specifically horrific about numbers of thousands rather than a couple dozen. But at the same time, uh, this wasn't the first attack. There were attacks over the years that were deemed terrorist attacks that um, were thrown, you know, like uh, embassies and things like that. So, you know, I think some of that is probably because it was overseas. So we felt a little buffered from it, a little safer, like, well, they can't get us here. Um, but I think that there's also something else to be said there, too, is that there is a certain piece of uh, our financial institutions being uh, sacred to us, that the commerce that we choose to engage in um, is a big part of our nation's history, specifically, um, specifically the ways in which America was founded, the uh, ethics that we started with were like the Protestant work ethic, the doing, the producing, um, the output. Um, and our definitions of abundance are really hinged upon uh, product in a lot of ways. And, and again, I don't think that's the whole picture, but I think that there is a piece of that, that this hurt, especially because it was something that was so distinctly American, you know, the, uh, the capitalism. And it brought a lot of uncertainty for a lot of people. I mean, I remember my parents being freaked out. Like, does this mean that the stock market is going to crash? Does this mean that all of these things that we've invested in for the future uh, in hopes of creating a good life for our family, does it mean that those things are going to be destroyed, that we're not going to have enough tomorrow? Um, yeah, so it got, it got very existential that way, right? So, so never forget, I, I suppose that's probably a part of it too. But, you know... I think a big part of the never forget 
if I'm honest, and if we're all honest with each other, really does have to do with the vengeance. Um, I mean, geez, it does feel very uh, threatening at times, right? Like, never forget. Like, don't you dare forget. Never forget what they did to us. And, uh, you know, I mean, that was our immediate re response, was to um, essentially start a crusade against these evildoers that dared attack us. Um, a lot has been said about that, and I, I think that that could be something for a, a different time, a different place. If you want to look it up, there's, there's plenty to look up. But uh, the long and short of it is our immediate response being to attack back, to uh, eliminate the threat, to, to do a show of force, and to um, do what it takes to get rid of the evil on the world, right? But the irony of that is that's exactly what started the terrorist attack to begin with. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's a different worldview to be sure, and I don't want to pretend that what they did was justified in any way. It definitely wasn't. Um, they are still culpable for what they did, but at the same time, their worldview uh, had to do with us being the ones that are evil, the, the force that is uh, causing their lives to not be okay. And so as we responded that way, you know, we, one, we're just proving it. We're just proving that we are the evil force that, that needs to be overcome, and there's a doubling down. Uh, but two, it's showing that there's not a lot of difference between us and the terrorists, to be honest, based on a response. Um, but that's not to put just a bunch of mean blame towards any certain administration or, or even to us as a collective whole. I mean, what we faced was something that was traumatic. And when somebody faces trauma, their responses are not always the most logical, are not always the most um, well-measured. It be, be Because there is... Uh, that, that fear, fear, fear causes us to act irrationally. Um, so unfortunately, it creates like a cycle, right? Like um, there are these people who decided that the U.S. was bad um, because of the trauma that they experienced as a collective whole. And uh, they band together and they try to eliminate that trauma through fighting it. And through that, it caused more trauma and continue the cycle. But as I was thinking through all this, I really started to realize like, holy crap, like what I'm describing here is uh, PTSD symptoms. Uh, so I started looking into that a little bit more, really thinking about like, okay, what is our country's response been to all this? And um, just thinking like, okay, so what, what does post-traumatic stress look like? It looks like hypervigilance. Okay, check, we definitely got that. We're always looking out for the terrorist threat, right? Um, and even if there isn't a clear terrorist threat, right, like, like uh, Al-Qaeda kind of goes on the wayside, uh, we withdraw from Afghanistan, um, which, again, fraught with controversy because, you know, there's, there's fears involved on either side there, fears that we would um, evoke more attacks or fears that uh, we would show weakness, right? Um, so fears on either side, whether we stay or we go, um, a lot of trauma responses. But 
uh, even hypervigilance beyond that, right? Like a, a hypervigilance for our borders. Like we don't want somebody else to get in here. We can't let somebody get in. Uh, we saw this a few years ago um, with the Syrian refugee crisis. We had a bunch of people in pain that we just couldn't see uh, as people in pain because we were we were afraid. And it's okay that we were afraid, right? Because we had reason to be afraid. Not reason to be afraid with them. Not reason to be afraid at them. You know, they, they weren't the ones that caused the harm to us. But um, if, if we were experiencing a, a post-traumatic stress, um, there's no easy way to identify the proper threat, right? That's, that's part of post-traumatic stress is you, you can't get yourself away from the situation. You keep reliving the past, uh, even when you're in reality safe. So, uh, so yeah, so hypervigilance, that's one. Uh, negative thoughts and mood. I mean, yeah, we're there, right? I mean, I mean look at the news cycles. Uh, look at the pessimism that's rampant. The assumption of enemies, uh, even where there are none. The division. Uh, yeah, that's there. Negative thoughts and mood. Uh, avoidance. That's another one, right? Um, of course, we're, we're, we're avoiding so many things, right? Especially when it comes to death. <laughs> We uh, are shrugging things under the surface. We are um, trying to do life as usual as much as we can, kind of playing at it, even with all the changes in the world, um, trying to ignore things. So avoidance is definitely there. Uh, Re-experiencing the trauma, of course. You know, any sort of uh, opposition that should be a, a friendly opposition even uh, starts to feel like life or death. Everything feels like life or death, right? Um, we see this especially on the political divides, the activation, uh, depending, uh, you know, whether you're on the right or the left. Uh, whenever you encounter somebody of the opposite, you feel it in your chest. Um, so we, we have that. And then, again, uh, uh, the uh, inability to participate in life because of the world you're stuck in. Uh, the shunning of facts, the uh, getting into group mentalities, the... Um, living in fear on both sides, right? Uh, whether that's uh, being afraid to be out in the world and, and becoming like a hermit, or whether that's being afraid to be alone with yourself and, and constantly distracting. Um, both of those are um, coping mechanisms. And, and so I guess I just wanna take a minute as we're thinking about all this stuff, as we're reflecting on the last 20 years, the ways that we have um, been traumatized by this event and, and been re-traumatized by other events, uh, especially the ways that we've replayed in sort of a post-traumatic way these, um, these same hurts over and over again and, and cause other people those same hurts as we are hurting, right? Um, and recognizing that that's really... Up until now, that's really just been all that we could have done, right? In one way, that is what got us through. That's what caused us to survive. Um, but also recognizing that uh, healing is available to us, that, that there are ways past um, post-traumatic stress, that there are ways for us to learn to move forward in a more healthy way, in a, in a more wholesome way that causes less damage to us and others. So... Uh, you know, how do you do that? Um, well, if we're buying into this idea that it's a collective post-traumatic stress, one of the things that uh, they say is super helpful for PTSD is to 
uh, write it down, to have an outlet to re-experience the trauma in a sort of cathartic way, um, to write it down as a narrative, um, as a story. And we have done that, right? We, we, uh, we valorize the, um, uh, the, the firefighters. We uh, tell the story about the heroics of the people in, that stopped the plane from hitting the White House. We, we, you know, we, we have all these stories. And um, that's great. So we've already got step one, um, which is we're, we're writing it out. And we essentially are doing that every single year, right? When we remember, that's part of the never forget. But there's also another different piece of that that, that I want to get into, which is um, the inf the the illusion of the infallibility of memory, which is that um, we think that we remember things perfectly, but we don't. And there's actually been a lot of studies specifically on this with um, uh, with 9/11, where um, the, they were kind of on the ball and they asked somebody, you know, just like maybe a month after the events, like where were you? And, um, and then ask them another a year down the line and then five years. And the interesting thing is it changes, is the narrative changes. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of wariness of like, like we can't touch this thing because it's holy in, in, in a way, right? Like, like we don't say that outright, but like 9-11, like, like you can't, you know, like it needs to stay forever because we can't forget it, right? But the thing is, is we've already forgotten it. 20 years is ample time for the memories to have shifted and changed and gotten weird. Um, and that can be terrifying because it's like, what, uh, what, of what, what of what we remember is actually uh, what happened, right? Um, but it's not so much that, it's more that the narrative shifts. So th there are facts that we might get wrong, but at this point we could fact check them. But it's such a big thing to wrap our minds around that there there is sort of a uh, a, a degree of picking and choosing in a way of, of deciding what the narrative is going to be, and this is kind of at the core of <clears throat> kind of at the core of healing any post traumatic stress is looking at the facts and, and separating the facts from the feelings, right? Like rather than uh, those evil people attacked us, uh, you you bring some nuance to that you go like. Okay, well, I don't know that they were evil. Um, I don't know that they attacked us. You know, like what is us, right? So, so like starting to ask questions again rather than making assumptions about what is and what isn't. Um, and those can be subtle differences. The end result could be rather than those evil people that attacked us, um, you could say uh, a small group attacked one of our financial institutions. Um, or something like that, or anywhere in between, you know, whatever narrative feels more like the truth rather than um, just what you've been telling yourself the whole time. So there's tremendous power in that, in, in retelling the story and and trying to grapple with it and wrestle with it and seeing what what sort of holds on throughout time and what sort of things we need to adjust uh, that just really don't seem true um, in the deeper sense of truth, right? Not, not in the facts sense, but in the... Um, the resonating sense, the, uh, this is what the story has really meant for my life. So as I'm looking at this, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, 
a lot of things we've already done that are good to mitigate the PTSD, right? Um, in one sense, uh, one of the things that you can do is challenge your sense of helplessness, right? We did that right off the bat. You know, we didn't do it in the healthiest way, of course, but we did, um, you know, we mobilized troops. We got, uh, we, we reclaimed a sense of power. We said, they're not, we're not going to let them defeat us. Uh, so that was one. Uh, another one that they say to do is get moving. So as we're getting moving, right, uh, <laughs> we mobilized troops. We were literally sent people over. So, okay, so we did that. Um, reaching out to others. Uh, we definitely did that. We looked for mutual aid. We looked for allies to help us. Um, sorry about the beep. That's T. I'm not going to worry about it right now. Uh, so we reached out to others, right? Uh, other countries. Um, so we did that. And then um, supporting with a healthy lifestyle. Uh, you essentially, the idea on an individual level to combat PTSD is to, uh, you know, get exercise, take care of your health, all that kind of stuff. Um, in a way, we kind of did this weirdly with, uh, on a collective level with stuff like the NSA. Like we we went, okay, how can we stop foreign contaminants from getting in? So I think I just want to take a quick moment with all this and recognize that we did do a lot of healthy coping mechanisms. We just missed the last piece, which is creating the new narrative. Um, so so all this stuff that we did, it wasn't bad. It's just not the full picture. So, so what does that mean going forward? How can we look at 9-11 and truly never forget, but... Never forget in a way that isn't going to perpetuate trauma and cause more hurt for other people and cause more hurt for ourselves and also cause us to ignore the hurt of those around us because we're stuck in our own world. So um, what are some things that we can pull? You know, if, if we're looking at 9-11, like, like at the very core of it, what is it that resonates with us? Well, um, lives do matter, I think, is one thing that we can pull out of it. You know, it felt unfair it felt hurtful for these people that were just going about their normal day-to-day -day lives for them to have perished um that's something we can hold on to uh and, and tied in with that is just the overall notion that uh life is short and fragile that that's another good thing like we have this idea that it's just going to keep going on um that things are always going to go to plan that we're going to die of old age one day and there's no guarantee of that um, this was sort of a collective reckoning with that, that like maybe, maybe we don't know the future. Maybe we just have to take it as it is and, and we can never know when our day is done or when our last day is done. So, uh, that's one. And then another one, uh, that, that I think is good is like our actions have consequences, you know, and that goes both ways, right? Like the reminder that like these people that did this thing to us, there has to be an answer for that. Um, but but it's more implicit than that, right? It's it's not necessarily that we are providing the answer. It's more like a trust that scales will be be balanced, that that no cause doesn't have an effect. Um, and I think that's something that that we can wrestle with there. That's good. Um, and another thing that we we talked about almost immediately after nine eleven was this idea of the terrorists winning, right? Like. Uh, if such and such happens, the terrorists win. Um, well, what are terrorists, right? They cause terror. Uh, so, so really, really the way that the terrorists win is when we buy into fear. Um, so I think that that's something that we can take too, is like um, that the terrorists win when we buy into fear. So in order to not let them win, we have to not buy into fear. But 
also hiding in there is this really cool, um, you know, uh, they didn't win, right? Because immediately after, after the planes hit, people rushed in to go and help others, risked their own lives uh, for the sake of their fellow man. I, I mean, it's very clear right from the very beginning there that uh, the terrorists did not win, um, that the spirit of America goes beyond um, this, this idea of uh, conquering, of this idea of uh, undue influence in the world, which was the thing that they were asserting anyway, right? Like that, that's what Al-Qaeda was all about. It was like America needs to go down because they are uh, imperialistic, they are conquering, they are uh, overexerting their might, um, and they are causing fear, right? But we proved that that's wrong through our actions afterwards. So I think that that's another good thing is like uh, the terrorists win by causing fear and we have already won by showing that the fear doesn't win. So I guess taking all that stuff, you know, like those are all really good things and I think we can extend it further into the stuff today, right? Like if, if that's our narrative that uh, lives matter, life is short, our actions have consequences, uh, fear doesn't win. Um, oh, and this is another one, uh, that we are more than our money, right? It's this idea like, oh, these like, these Americans with their materialism and their lack of uh, like the true meaning of life, uh, if we can take down their financial institution, then they're ruined. And the thing was, was we weren't, you know? Um, so, so, so there's, there, you know, there's so much more to us as Americans than our wealth and our prosperity. And I think between all this stuff, um, that makes for a really good story that we can carry forward, that, uh, that there is more here than just never forget. There is never forget the way that all lives matter. Never forget that life is short. Never forget that our actions have consequences. Never forget that if we buy into fear, uh, that's the only way the terrorists win. Um, never forget that we are more than our money, right? So... Uh, with retooling the narrative like that, um, that has super big implications for where we are right now as a country. Um, that becomes a question of like, if the terrorists win when we buy into fear, how are we buying into fear, right? Um, the irony of it is a lot of the fears that we have are kind of self-imposed, right? We're, we're afraid of uh, chips in the vaccine, right? That will uh, monitor us and surveil us. Well, you know, uh, that's not crazy far-fetched because of the ways that we uh, allowed overreach by the NSA. Um, we're afraid of hidden spies and mass cover-ups and secrecy. Um, well, of course we are, because we had people infiltrate our systems. You know, of course we're afraid, uh, because we've done that in the past. We have a huge history with... Uh, the CIA and uh, sneaky behind-the-scenes things. Um, you know, we're, we're afraid because we've seen it in ourselves. 
Um, so I think that there should be a reckoning with that, a, a recognition that um, that a lot of our fears are more self-imposed than they are external. And, um, you know, the same goes with like patriotism, right? There's a little bit of a, a, a fear of patriotism because we've seen what it's, what that sort of nationalism or even that sort of idealism has done in the past. Uh, we've seen it with stuff like Nazi Germany, but we've also seen it with things like, uh, like Al Qaeda itself, right? Um, this idea that there is one good, holy, right way to do things and then everything else is evil. Uh, we recognize the danger there. So, uh, you know, we can let that inform us, like, like that fear, like what, what sort of fears are we still buying into as a direct response to this event and how can we let go of them? And, uh, you know, uh, so what are some more? We're afraid of backing down and showing weakness. We're afraid that if we let down our guard, we will be destroyed. You know, I, I see this especially with us pulling out of Afghanistan and the the really fraught response that we got, by and large, uh, from the American people because of that. Um, you know, we're afraid of allying with Israel, right? Because that's what caused the, that was one of the precipitating events that caused the terrorist attacks. We're afraid of not allying with Israel. <laughs> Uh, because then we're compromising on our moral integrity, right? Like our, uh, our, our identity as the crusaders, the ones that are righteous, the ones that are doing the correct thing, uh, the good thing that's sanctioned by God going against the evildoers. Um, you know, we're afraid that we're nothing without our accomplishments. Uh, that's another fear that we have, right? Um, we're afraid that we aren't in fact exceptional. And if you take away some of these circumstantial things, you know, like prosperous trade, uh, that, that we will suffer like everyone else, that we're not special after all. Um, and so I think taking all these things, really recognizing, like if we reckon with those fears, uh, that can open up a lot, that we can understand that um, it's very real, the deaths that we're experiencing right now, we're essentially having a new 9-11 every single day. And uh, that's, you know, 3,000 people dead every single day, not because of some terrorist attack, but because of our trauma responses to these previous attacks, um, because of our buying into fear, um, our fear of vaccines, our fear of each other, our fear of, um, uh, of dying even, uh, which ironically is causing us to put our head in the sand and pretend like everything's okay and is causing more death. Um, our fears that are causing us to be selfish because that's what fear does, right? It, it is very ego-driven. It is the I must survive at all costs. Um, it's causing us to be blind of the heroics that are out there right now, of our EMS providers, of our firefighters, um, of the everyday heroes that we are valorizing uh, when we remember 9-11. Um, so I, I, I think that maybe that's the core of it. The never forget is, is more about remembering what fear does, remembering the damage that fear does, right? Because essentially that's what started this whole thing. Um, you had a bunch of people that were afraid and felt like they were going to be overpowered, felt like evil was winning. And so they crashed a bunch of planes into the World Trade Center. 
And that fear rippled through onto us um, unfairly and unjustly. Um, I would say that there is no way that we deserved that. But at the same time, we have a choice in front of us. We can choose to let the terrorists win by buying into that fear and continuing that fear and perpetuating that fear onto others by um, choosing to be afraid of one another, choosing to be afraid of those who are different than us, choosing to be afraid of existential risks, uh, whether that be a virus itself or whether that existential risk be something like a cure to the virus. Um, that's when the terrorists win, right? But we have another choice that we can do instead. We can be, uh, even though we've been given this unfair baggage, we can take that baggage and we can work with it and we can retool it and truly transform it into good. Um, we can use it to feel the pain and the suffering that other people in the world feel. We can use it to connect with each other and remember that we are all in this together, that none of us escapes out alive, and that every life is precious, and that life is short and fragile, and that the things that really matter are not the things that tend to be propped up on the surface, like uh, the GDP, um, or if the stock market's doing good, but that instead it's each other. And so maybe that's my my end thing for all this is like the never forget. The never forget is never forget each other. Never forget the the souls of people, um, the everyday heroics that we all do. Never forget that um, we can each buy into that heroics by banishing the fear and choosing to move forward with love and with trust. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I guess that's it. It's just never forget.